everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Hammerlock Hangover. I am Steve, and I'm joined, as usual, by my tag team partner in podcasting, and that is Jeff. Jeff, how were the holidays? Happy New Year to you and all the listeners out there. I hope uh, you had a merry and jolly one. Yeah. Happy New Year, all you filthy animals. You know, actually, uh, I went to the Cheesecake Factory, and I haven't been to the Cheesecake Factory to eat in years. Um... Like I, it's often like my go-to gift as a gift card, like, you know, because I don't know what else to get and you can mail it to someone or whatever. It's delicious. I forgot how freaking good the Cheesecake Factory is. Like, I like the food more than the cheesecakes. What was your favorite cheesecake? Well, I haven't had them all, but <laughs> um, uh, the salted what, caramel why? one was pretty top notch. Oh, okay. I would I would uh, expect that you would have gone through at least half the, the cheesecake menu. Uh, probably since its inception, I probably have gone through like half. But here's the problem with me: is that once I like something, I tend to order it like over and over again, and like not, and like you know, try a new thing. Then I'm like, why? <laughs> well, um, I'm going to use that as a segue. You know, trying new things is uh, is is you know cool to a lot of people. Some people they like the their same old, same old. But some people like. Mercedes Varnado or Mercedes Money or Monet, Monet or whatever we're calling her. I really don't think that that's been clarified yet. And we'll get into that as the first segment of the show today. But we've got a lot to cover, including the, re- the debut of Sasha Bay. Oh, no, so- sorry. Who? Mercedes Money. Right. 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 Who? Mercedes Money in New Japan. Monet. Of her- <laughs> no, I- I'm calling her Money. That's what she called herself. Okay. Um, um, uh, rumors about her showing up on AEW next week. Oh yeah. The 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 comparisons to Charlotte. I want to talk about that. Charlotte also returned. Oh yeah. Uh, and on the topic of all returns, let's talk about probably what is rumored to be the biggest return of 2023, and that is Vince McMahon trying to come back to power in WWE. That'll be our second segment of this episode. Preach. Um, along with a lot of, you know, a lot of different potpourri stuff. We got AEW stuff like Dax's podcast. What he had to say about CM Punk, the Karen Jarrett, Jeff Word. Jarrett, Dope. Kurt Angle stuff. Um, Karen Jarrett, and, and the new, berserker. <laughs> that's right. You keep calling her the berserker. I'm in berserker mode. <laughs> okay. She was, she was definitely, um, on full Karen mode, but that shit is dope. Oh my god, is this is this because last episode we were talking about fuck boys, and and now that you know what a fuck boy is, you're all in the streets, we're deep in the streets, Jeff. Uh huh. Uh huh. No, I, I think it's because uh, the other day I was coming back and I was listening to it was like a you know Rock the Bells, the LL Cool J's like sort of old school hip hop station, and it yeah. was like a like a DJ something mix. And like, you know, and, you know, at every break, I'm just making up going, uh-huh, word, yeah, you know, like, uh, what? And, and like half the time I got it right just because I was going through the rotation, just because it's always the same. And it was great. And so, yeah, damn, that shit was dope. Yep. Let's start with uh, Sasha Banks, a.k.a. or formerly known as Sasha Banks, but now Mercedes Vernado debuts this week on New Japan Wrestle Kingdom. What is it? Uh, Wrestle Kingdom 5000? 
<laughs> I think it's Whatever. 17. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it does. Whatever. It doesn't matter. 2023. And already we've got a bunch of uh, wrestling nerds calling uh, Omega the greatest, uh, Omega versus Osprey the greatest match alive, but uh, you're not going to hear that shit here. Um, well, I want to talk about. I didn't about, watch it, I'm, and I'm guessing you didn't either. <laughs> so. No, I didn't. But I, I, I'm sure that if I did watch it, I'd just be like, this is not, you know, what everybody claims it to be. But regardless, we'll, we're skipping that for another podcast. We don't care. We don't care about Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay. And, and listen, nobody. Neither do you. No, nobody is listening to the show for New Japan wrestling coverage, maybe like business related coverage or stuff. If they're, if they're listening to the hammerlock hangover for new Japan coverage, they're going to get the bare minimum. They're going to be very disappointed. I'm not even saying it wasn't a terrific match and it's not a great show. It may have been. I don't watch Japanese wrestling. I watch lots of other wrestling. I'm all set. Caden is is shaking his head right now. He's just like, Oh my God, now I've got to fire off another email of of what Jeff got wrong. Uh, oh, that's, well, that's yeah. something else when I get we're going to talk. Right, he goes, LOL, everybody knew that. I, who, I don't know who cover. everybody is because I listen to a lot of podcasts and I you know, I follow like all of the big heads and all of the big shows and all the big publications. And, you know, uh, they're not getting what I get right when I get it right. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> they're definitely not going to get Braun Strowman versus Ricochet winning the tag team titles right this year. Well, I can guarantee well, they, that. They didn't get it in December anyway. And and I can tell you there's very few, I mean, I'm not saying nobody said it. I'm just saying very few people were saying that FTR is losing all of their titles in 2023. And here we are on January 5th. And that prediction already came true. Yep. So let's talk about Mercedes. So she leaves WWE, and and again, we've covered this on multiple episodes. The speculation was already there, right? She likes to say that she's the conversation, and in fact, mm-hmm. from the better part of this week, she has been the conversation. For the better part of um, seven months, she has been. And by the way, this is right. one that I got wrong. Those of you saying, Jeff, you get lots of stuff wrong. I got this one wrong. I thought for sure she was coming back to WWE. I really didn't even doubt it until about five or six days ago when I started feeling like the worm was turning. So this is one that I was way behind the crowd on. And and that's, I think, reasonable to get wrong because, I mean, who in their right mind would leave so much money behind? And with the machine that is wwe the production machine the the pageantry why would you leave that for shot in the dark of going on your own to new japan to possibly AEW? like it's a big gamble when you know you have you're a sure thing in wwe or maybe you're not maybe you know that other superstars that have now taken a a, a higher uh, notch than you. We spoke about this, that if she were to return, she really fits, barely makes the top five WWE superstars, right, Jeff? Well, I don't like the word superstar, but yeah, and I, I know what you're saying. I mean, yeah, there, there's, there's, I mean, she's still in the top tier, but it's not, she's, she's not exclusive and it's not, You know, there's lots of people coming behind her. I mean, NXT is an embarrassment of riches in female talent, and the main roster has done fine without her. Um, 
But I have a juicy little nugget, which, yeah, listen, I'm not the one who broke this news. I'm not even calling it news. I'm calling it reports. But I believe this source, and it's not Dave Meltzer. I think that he makes shit up and he gets things wrong more than he gets right. But this is my information. So, yes, I was wrong about where she was going. Why would she do it? I, I think she actually does. I think these things are on her bucket list. I mean, I think she actually wants to win a stardom title. She wants to win a title in Mexico. I think she wants to have that international gold and and test her brand to see what she is worth outside of WWE. So anyway, the, the part that's the nugget is that I am pretty certain that she will be Soraya's mystery partner on Dynamite this week, despite the announcement of Tony Storm. I mean, uh, you know, Britt Baker dropping the, the the saying that she's the boss. I mean, come on, that that's. <laughs> I mean, you know, and 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 Soraya picking Tony Storm right in front of Sheeta and Sheeta's reaction. I mean, you know the. Which, by the way, would create an interesting dynamic of it being Soraya, Tony Storm, and and Mercedes Monet, Sasha Banks on one side, and Sheeta, Britt Baker, and Jamie Hayter on the other, which is sort of like WWE versus AEW, like a like a video game superstars. Anyway, the nugget is that she is coming to AEW. She is not signing a long term contract. She is she's signing a contract that includes six matches. Over the course of three paper, which includes three pay per views. So, six matches. I don't know how many promos or appearances that means, but six matches because she did not want to sign a long term contract. So, you know, of course, the speculation she'll return to WWE, but she seems to be keeping her options open. Um, and, you know, all the speculation is and pretty much always was that uh, Trinity is returning to WWE. Um, Trinity or Naomi will probably be in the Royal Rumble, but it is possible. I doubt it'll happen. I, I don't, I doubt Tony's contracts are this tight, but it is at least theoretically possible that Sasha Banks makes an appearance, either as Sasha Banks or as Mercedes money. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think so either. I, and I don't think Tony's that stupid not to say, hey, you can't do any WWE work while you're you know, doing this contract. And I'm sure she would agree to that. Uh, but I don't I don't think WWE would agree to that. That sounds ridiculous. Why would they put her, give her shine in the rumble? Like Mickey James is one thing. Impact they know for years is like the cockroach that won't die. Right. <laughs> it, it, the nuclear Armageddon can happen. Impact will still keep going. That's one thing. Actively promote your former superstar that is now on AEW. Fuck that. No way. Triple H, not Triple H, not Nick Khan, not Stephanie, not even Vince McMahon himself would uh, allow this nonsense. Oh, Vince would definitely not let it. The The question is, would Triple H? And, and I think he might, if he's trying to send a message to the world, say, we are much more flexible than we used to be. I mean, that would be the yeah. ultimate message. I don't think it's going to happen. You just asked me why they would do it. I mean, it would get them a lot of press. It would get a lot of buzz afterwards. And people will be like, wow, WWE really has changed. But I don't think that's the answer as to why. I, I don't think it'll happen, but it'd be a heck of a surprise in the show. And that's what the Royal Rumble, what, that's what makes the Royal Rumble fun is it's, it's more the surprises than, than the, you know, battle Royals themselves. Yeah. So let's wind, wind the clock back. Let's talk about her debut. You did watch that portion. I sent you the link to the, the whole debut from. Yeah. You were only the 50th person to send me the link. Well, listen, you've got a lot of friends (laughs) and you know, what were your first impressions on 
her appearance, the entrance, the music. What did you think about just that before we get into the whole exchange with Kyrie? Okay. I mean, the first thing is the sort of the awkwardness about the, the how Japanese fans react to wrestling. Like they are very quiet, except in like spots, apparently they react more to wrestling shows. Like if they're in the symphony, they only, you know, they only applaud at certain sp- parts and the rest of the time they're quiet because it's like they're watching theater. It's a, it's like respect. So it was weird seeing her come in like that. And I think it actually jarred her. Uh, you know, she's not used to that. Um, yeah. The song was weird and I sort of liked it and it was sort of uh, causing an earworm. And I don't know if you know, like the Swerve show, I, I don't know his real name, but, you know, Swerve, he works with TMZ and he's got a podcast and he's on Twitter. And, you know, we're, we're friends on Twitter on one of my accounts anyway. And um, he said, wasn't that crisscross jump jump? And I'm like, oh, yeah. my God, you're right. It was. And so the song was all right. The look was odd, but that's Japanese wrestling. I mean, it was very distinctive. She had a very interesting, you know, wig on her hair it was basically like almost like leopard spotted sort of like bright orange was sort of like large like almost like jaguar like uh like brown enclosed like amoeba like shapes with a Uh a yellow on the inside something like that and like what it what it it looked like to me jeff and i don't know if you picked this up but it looks like when you burn a piece of paper and it's like the flash of the burn like gives off like a a bright color before it changes color to something else and so obviously it it looks like she's burning the blue hair which is sasha banks for this blonde reddish blonde strawberry blonde i don't know i don't know if i saw it differently but for this giving way to the blonde so i think that's the, the the look that she wanted was i'm burning Listen, prior image of me it, it's probably an anime character that you and i don't know i mean if you saw her merchandise <laughs> like, like the merchandise is, is totally sailor moon outfits um you know sure. uh, she loves anime she loves all things uh japanese but anyway the, the you know the look was interesting but i thought the entrance was awkward the move which she was practicing in mexico I, we, we saw it. we saw her practicing with juventud guerrero and like training on it I don't know if it was hers or Kyrie. You know, it was basically Kyrie San is saying is the Stardom Women's Champion, and Stardom, you know, is owned by the same company as New Japan. So they, for the first time ever, had like a match or matches on the card, and, and Kyrie saying successfully defended or won the title from someone. I, I don't know. Doesn't matter. Anyway, Sasha came in. I'm sorry, Mercedes came in afterwards to chal- to first to congratulate her. She shook her hand, and then. Like it was like she was supposed to like a sister Abigail, but whatever her, you know, her move is, which was it, it's sort of like a like like a deep six, like from Baron Corbin. But whatever it was, it wasn't in sync. It looked bad. It looked clumsy, um, which may or may or not have been her fault. I don't know. Um, but that didn't look good. And then she. It's, it, so. So hold up. Let's before we, we we move off of the move. Like this is obviously her new finishing move. Right. And right. I don't know what she's calling it. It's definitely not the bank statement, right? Which uh, was a simple move. It's a rollover into an STF, or not an STF, a crippler crossface. And I don't understand why she just doesn't stay with that move or something similar to that. I understand most of the stardom girls are her frame and her size. So the move starts with the opponent on her back, on Sasha's 
like they're back to back. Like she's carrying them. Um, and then she kind of switches them over for like a side suplex and kind of like drops them on their head. It's a con, it's a very convoluted and very tricky move, but well, your opponent has to turn their body over from the front to the side to, you know, to to horizontal with, with being face down. They have to sort of reverse their surfboard. Right. And then I can't imagine someone of Sasha's frame doing this on, let's say, an awesome Kong. So <laughs> yeah. why why would she imagine to think why why would she go to this move? Like I it looks cool when she hits it. But it's not as a sudden move like a stunner, the bank statement. Like it couldn't like I I there's many flaws that I have with with the debut, this being one of them, is not even just the botch. It's just the selection of this move. Is just huh? Like why? Why this? And so that was that. The look crisscross, I got that. Makes sense. But I don't know. Like she didn't seem like I, I agree with you. I think the the energy of the crowd threw her off. I think she expected a very loud pop, and that isn't that crowd. Um, and I think you could see like her face, just kind of like a a, a dejection on her face as she was walking down the the, the ramp. She does yeah. her business. You know, she you know, does her business when she's in the ring. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and then her. The promo she cut in the ring, which is something that theoretically she's been working on for a long time, which you could say the same thing about that move, which didn't work out well. The the promo was also generic. It wasn't very interesting. She's like, oh, Kyrie son. Oh, too bad. I am the blueprint. I am the this. I am the standard. I am the the Monet printing the, the yen. I, I don't. It was like it, it sounded... Okay, you know how like like in the beginning when they were doing those skits on like NXT, like the first couple times you saw Kiana James, it was like terribly painful acting, and then it got more and more natural. This was like the terrible, terribly painful acting, and then her press conference afterwards, she said the same thing over again, and it didn't sound any more natural. It was like Soraya when when she cut her first promo on AEW. It sounded terrible. It's like this is what you've been working on this whole time, and you said nothing new. And then, and then she repeated the same thing again. I mean, it's like I, I don't understand all of these folks who they they're planning for months what their next move is going to be, and they come up with nothing. I mean, the first person said, "I got out of prison." That was clever, but then everyone started saying that. Now half of them want to break out of their new prison, and and I guess they want to break back into prison. Um, but and, and look yeah. at Dom. Dom. Dom got hardened by prison. Oh yeah, yeah, Dom. Yeah, I, I saw he he already he already took a life there. He's got the teardrop going. He did that. He did that. What like seven hours of hard time? And yeah, he's he's. Did, it, it, did it I say he was going to be the breakout superstar of twenty twenty three? And look, he's already <laughs> checking off that box. I did. You know what? There's a lot of people who agree with you. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I will not deny that the, 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 that was funny. And you know, if you're going to go with the sack, you go all the way in with it. I you know, I still want to see. What happens to him when Rhea is not by his side? Um, but you know, you have to take a wrestling act as it is. Um, sure. And so, as it is, it's working for a lot of people. I mean, 
I still can't take him seriously as a wrestler, but the, but the truth is with his wrestling, then we'll get back to Sasha, someone else or Mercedes. He's not acting like a wrestler. You should take seriously. He's acting like a chicken shit heel. He's running away. He's hiding behind me. He's hiding behind Damien. He's so he's not acting like he's, you know, the second coming of Rey Mysterio. He's, he's acting like the, 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 the second coming of, you know, the Miz, you know? So, uh, so yeah, uh, kudos to him and that he's acting more like the mouth of the South Jimmy Hart than he is, you know, Ryback. Yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Um, Farah has that same energy, but in real life, right? Like he's like this suave guy. Like he right. thinks he's, and he's a chicken. Sometimes at times he can be a chicken shit, right? But you believe the, the, the Eddie, are we talking about Eddie Guerrero or Sammy Guevara? Sammy Guevara. Oh, okay. Never mind. I was talking about Eddie. Go ahead. Sorry. So Sammy's like, again, Lothario in real life. You see him with these pictures of him and, uh, Tay Conti. Um, and I just, I wonder like, who is who would you rather be? This is like this entire week I've I've been thinking about having these conversations with you, and this is one of them, right? Who would you rather be right now, January, first week of January, 2023? Would you rather be Dom Mysterio, he's getting booked, or Sammy Guevara? I mean, that's an interesting question. Because uh, I mean, if you're asking me about my booking and my, you know, and my chances in life. Dominic, because he's already he's he's already you know wealthy. Um, he's got a great spot. He's with the better paying company, probably the better company. Maybe we'll see. Um, and Sammy, you know, he's in the same exact spot he was in three years ago. Nothing's changed. He hasn't gotten any better. Some people have said he's gotten he's regressed a little bit, uh, but as far as mm-hmm. I can tell, he wrestles exactly. As well, no, no better, no worse than when I saw him in Lucha Underground, um, which is not good. And he's not liked and he's so reckless that there's a pretty, you know, there's as much a chance of him not wrestling past age 31 or 32. You know, Dominic has like, you know, like a 5% chance of, you know, getting seriously injured. I I would say Sammy has a 90% chance of getting seriously injured. So I'll take Sammy. The the funny thing I thought you were going to go with is Sammy proposed to his his real life, you know, girlfriend and got engaged on the air. And then, you know, we all know what happened there. Dominic just blew kayfabe by getting engaged in real life to his real life sweetheart, uh, who's not Rhea Ripley. And you idiot, just wait through, you know, three seasons until the story arc is done and then get engaged. Um, you know, when when this is done, don't don't. Don't ruin the kayfabe of it. I mean, I mean, just I think, keep it I think it's, dummy. Oh, please. I think it's fine. I think everybody can see it. Like, if you buy into the, the, the nonsense that these, uh, the young bucks, these super kick twins, the nonsense they do in the fucking ring, if you buy into that, Dom Mysterio marrying or proposing to his about? real life girlfriend. They is completely it. viable. In real life, they super kicked down a door and they killed the dog. They knocked its teeth out. <laughs> they didn't kill the dog. They knocked its teeth they out. Killed- they knocked its teeth right down. Has anyone actually seen the dog moving? We've just seen still pictures. I, I, I'm i almost taxidermy. sure. I taxidermy when I see it. <laughs> I'm almost certain that the dog's been seen at Mindy's buying muffins. <laughs> um, getting back to, to Mercedes. the In her entrance to Jeff, I couldn't help but like the announcers who were doing the English broadcast. And I think one of them was Kevin Kelly. 
I don't know who the other guy was. Well, because he coming, Kelly, on Saturday. So one is like, oh, my God, could this be her? Could this be her? The worst kept secret in fucking professional wrestling. Like, just, just say, oh, is it her? Oh, my God, she's finally here. Like, big it up like that. Not, who could this be? Like, you sound like an idiot. Yeah, but wrestling announcers are supposed to sound like idiots. Later on, he even acknowledges this is the worst kept secret in wrestling. Then why were you? Why did you sound surprised five minutes ago? Because he's still excited. Oh please, this is ridiculous. Then he calls her Mercedes Monet. When she cuts her promo, she's like, "You can bank on money." So is she money or Monet? Which one is it? Because I still have yet to hear her call herself Monet. I. I, I don't know. I, I've been saying Monet and you've been correcting me. So <laughs> I have no I idea. I think it's money. You're probably right. Mercedes I, money. I, let's just call it money and move along. I mean, I mean, we'll find out Wednesday. How about that? That Wednesday when uh, Tony Schiavone or J.R. Butchers, butchers it and calls her Sasha Banks. <laughs> um, well, no, J.R. is no longer on Dynamite. He's on Rampage. So uh, you, you may oh, not it no. may not be him at all. What a shame. Um, last thing before we move off of the Sasha thing and talk about what's next, the Mercedes thing. So they they promote match. So her first match for New Japan, Stardom, is going to be a world title match at uh, some event, Battle in the Valley in San Jose, California. Woo! Woo! Jeff, um, this venue. And, and honestly, like they should have just said, I'll see you in San Jose. Because the minute Sasha's like, I'll see you in the San Jose Civic Center, I said, Excuse me, this place sounds like a dump. The mm-hmm. San Jose Civic Center. So I looked it up. I said, How much San Jose Civic Center hold? Can I guess? Go ahead. Give a wild guess, Jeff. How many people can you fit? Into the San Jose Civic Center. I'm going to go with maximum capacity, 5,300. Oh, wow, Jeff. That's, I'm going to say you're over. You want to give it another shot? Holy shit. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> 2,800. Oh, you're almost there. So it was three, three, a little over 3,000. Okay. Jeff, I hate to say this. I want to give... Tony Khan and whoever booked CM Punk's debut an immense amount of credit here. I never do. And this is probably the only time hell is frozen over. But when CM Punk debuts, it's, it's wrestling's worst kept secret. Everybody knows that on this episode of rampage from the United center, Kmart center, that's in, uh, um, you know, the Sears center in, uh, you know, 90 miles away from Chicago. Right. Where they do the uh, the other shows. Closer to Scott Colton's hometown than his hometown, but still. They've got they got the United Center. They sell out the United Center. Right. And CM Punk proves he's a draw. He can sell out this building. Mm-hmm. The ratings prove it. Another L for Sasha Banks' debut. You're going to tell me. That you were supposed to be the you 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 are the self-proclaimed CEO. I am the blueprint. I am the head 
of stardom, New Japan. And your debut goes from the last time I saw her was at a sold-out Dallas Cowboys Stadium, six-digit capacity, 100,000 people in attendance, to the San Jose Civic Center. Jeff, what kind of boss are you? And if she doesn't sell this fucking place out, holy shit, Jeff. She's a smart boss, and I'll tell you why. It's a recession, so she's downsizing. This is this is beyond downsizing, Jeff. 3,000. 3,000 is the capacity. Jeff, and if she can't sell this place out, fucking, you're already fucking a bum. You're a failure. I, yeah. Or am I not? I, it's... It's not a good look. I, I agree with you on that. I mean, it's it's not impressive, but you know, she didn't book it. It's it's you know, it's not on her. She didn't book the location. She she's just promoting the the show that's out of her control. I mean, I think you know, she knows that she's going to be before smaller clouds. Now, let's say I, I you know, I, I, I we have to say this. I did look at the the ticket sales for Wrestle Kingdom because I botched it because I had a chart from that went up to 2022, um, which showed that, that they were diminishing, including, you know, the COVID years, of course. Um, and it didn't have 23. And it was actually Jamie, the vet Williams sort of called me out on it. And he was right. And unfortunately, I had to do some research and eat humble pie and post it. So the point is, there there were over 26,000 tickets sold for Wrestle Kingdom night one, which is when she appeared. So, I mean, anyway, I know what you're saying, but, you know, she she knew How this much? was part of her journey. I mean, it's a little bit disappointing to me that, that New Japan only thinks that this is what they can sell out. I mean, like, why wouldn't or what they can afford? I mean, it tells you how badly financially they're doing, because I actually think they could sell out, you know, a 7,500 or a 10,000 seat venue. You know, they, they they could have gone up to, you know, San Francisco or Oakland or something and probably sold that bigger venue, but they probably can't. They probably don't want to risk the rent. I mean, they're very conservative, but I mean, that's sort of a sign of how badly financially they've been doing. I think that's a really good point, Jeff. Oh man, I'm I, as as of this recording, right? January fifth, and there's a lot. There's still plenty of tickets available for the San Jose show. Well, sure. I mean, uh, listen, I you know, listen, I I I follow all of the accounts who are you know pret- pretend they like AEW but don't, and and listen, I have fun with that too. I you know, I. I I exist on Twitter mostly to troll, um, and, and you know, and, and and it's fine. But like you know, I see people posting the you know the wrestle ticks for shows that are in like late February and March, and saying this is embarrassing. Like, okay, relax. I mean, you know, if the, if those if the ticket sales haven't improved, you know, three days before the show or two weeks before the show, you know, post it then, but not two and a half months before. Um, I think we might as well just run through some of the um, major results of Wrestle Kingdom that might be of any impact to our listeners. Just take two, like 10 seconds. Carl Anderson did lose whatever title he holds with New Japan. So his, you know, the WWE permission may well have just been this one show. We don't know if there's any continuing relationship. Uh, FTR, as we already talked about, they lost their titles to, I don't even know who they lost their titles to. It doesn't matter. Um, Kenny Omega actually won the U.S. title from Will Ospreay, um, which 
you know, would go against the logic. Uh, you know, the guy who's contracted by New Japan loses. Um, so apparently, you know, the, obviously this will continue. Um, we already talked about uh, Sasha's response, and she will be uh, battling for the stardom title. And Okada regained the IWGP championship. So, you know, basically New Japan went in trouble. They've gone away, you know, they, they've gone back to their safe place, which is Omega and Okada. And I think that they're to, to thank for the, the increase in ticket sales. And obviously that and the fact that now you they can sell the place out completely 100% due to no COVID restrictions. Um, I, you know, it's no surprise that they packed this place up, I think, but, you know, the question remains to be seen is whether Sasha claims to be the draw that she is, or is, is this just like you said earlier, is she just chasing things to check off her bucket list? Because again, I, I remain to, she's the only person I've ever seen type of professional setting, whether that be wrestling or not, that you step down the ladder and climb up the ladder. No, she's not. I can give you two others. Your favorite guy, John Moxley. And, and listen, he doesn't, he's not trying. He doesn't know how to climb up a ladder or down a ladder. He's just sideways. That's all he does. And, and the only time he's falling off the ladder is when he's drunk. Listen, when you do well, that that's I mean, he cut a, he dropped a couple of f bombs on on the show, whether the mic was live or not. I mean, I know this is not popular, but something something they ride with him. Oh yeah, and it's oh. not about a heel change. There's there's something not right there. He, he's got. Hey, he's, he's, I've, he's I've, been, he's I've been told you on prime time. Like not shits, not like f bombs. This is a this is the third f bomb, and you had two in quick succession. Just because the mic isn't working. Come, come on. You've been in this business I'm, long enough. I'm telling you, Jeff, um, it's no surprise to me. I've told you that there's something wrong with John Moxley ever since he abandoned his baby. And uh, what's her name? Renee? I was about to call Renee her. Pena. Renee Pena. Renee. Yeah, her. She's, uh, you know, watch your back, Renee. I'm telling you. I'm not going to help you out if you need to. Um, support can we say real quick to something that's sort of related to the new japan thing and to dom mysterio uh no almost so the the ftr the people that they dropped the triple a tag team titles to was dralistico who we've seen on aw tv who apparently is related to roosh but his partner dragon lee who of course is roosh's brother um and dragon lee was already under contract to ww at the time so new japan knowingly i'm sorry triple a knowingly took their tag team titles off of ftr for a team where one of the people is contracted with wwe you know the other's been appearance talent for Mm -hmm. aw and i've not seen these sign and you know and they also stripped ty and sammy of the intergender triple yep. a tag team titles uh they've blamed it on about a million things meaning sammy and ty like visas and this and the other thing but it's bullshit mm-hmm. and that I, way- i've got it on good authority i i've got it on good authority jeff uh-huh. that uh the check bounced tony khan's check to triple a finally bounced and uh the heads of triple a said 
um, vaya con Dios. Good day. They said, see you later. But that's that's huge that they did that. It wasn't about they didn't want their title on people in another promotion. They didn't want it on that promotion. And then they then they made that clear twice that night. They didn't even they didn't even let Sammy and Ty lose the belts. They just stripped them of the titles. Apparently, they no show three or four times. Sammy yeah, that's no surprise to me. And and then <laughs> I love that they stripped Dragon Lee and Drillistico of the titles. Right? They relinquished no. the titles because wait, I. I you mean Sammy and Ty? Trilistico and Dragon Sa- Lee are still the title holders. No, but no, they relinquished the titles because he's not going to be there anymore. Oh, they did? So, yeah. So I did not know that. And tri- and AAA knew this going into the match. So AAA rather have booked the winner, the two winners, being one guy's going to WWE and rather have booked let these guys win, our guys, AAA guys, and have them sign the titles because one guy's leaving. That's crazy. Like they, it's not that crazy, Jeff. Again, like I said, I, the check finally bounced on. Why don't like totally crazy, like insane? I mean, it's like like crazy, like that's wild. That's like that's like it's sort of unprecedented. But I mean it. It seems like it's par for the course for Tony Khan's shenanigans. Yeah, that's that's going to be like that's them giving him the middle finger. I mean, that, that's that's them doing something on purpose to say "f you." Without a doubt, but it's it's about time. There's th- we've talked about this multiple times, Jeff. The relationship is not reciprocal. Right. Every ship that the business relationship that Tony Khan gets in is is slug is him sucking blood. And and that's it. I don't even it think that goes he, one way. I don't even think that he tries to do that. I just think that what happens is that the, the the regular people only have so much time for wrestling, and AEW has filled the void for those people who are looking for alternatives for WWE. And AEW is a better production, and it's easier to access than New Japan or Impact or NWA, or MLW, or AAA, or CMLL, and they're, they, you know, they, they all lose by association. I mean, every for every person who tunes into those because of AEW, it's probably people going, eh, I don't need to watch this. I don't need to look for this shit anymore. I don't need to watch it on UF, UHF 42 or Pay Fight TV. I can just turn on TNT, and I, I can I can see these guys or gals, you know, uh, twice a month. So, I, I, you know, uh, I, I don't even know that it's intentional. I, my my belief is that it's unintentional, and that Tony Khan probably overpays for everything, and, and, and nobody appreciates it because it doesn't help them, you know, pass that payment, like NWA Empower. Tony Khan said, I paid, I was the highest paying person for Empower, and I sent them five of their highest paying people. Well, well, Empower blew it, and then he threw NWA under the bus, and then they're like, we don't want to deal with you anymore. Um, you know, and, and, that, and that's But for every NWA Empower, there's the relationship with TNA. Like, they sent Omega over there to pretty much squash their guys. And, and then what did they they have their audience and they've never recovered since and then they send them people like right. Nazarian or whatever and yeah no I, and it's impacts partly their own fault for not respecting their own promotion but by the time they strained it out they had lost a third of their roster lost over half their viewers and now their most their last two weeks of, of viewership has been 86,000 and 89,000 
Jeff, before we move on from the last thing related to Sasha Banks um, and the return of Sasha or the return of Mercedes, I draw this parallel because Charlotte returned on Friday Night SmackDown. Yep. And Charlotte comes out to a huge ovation. Like I told you, Heroes it's going to come out to a to a big pop and confronts Ronda. Listen, we are both and Charlotte fans here. There's no, there's no discord on that. Absolutely. Uh, we respect icons of professional wrestling in on this podcast, and Charlotte being one of them. I think Charlotte is the best female wrestler of all time. I'm not even sure who's number two. Agreed. And in her pedigree, her experience, her resume, to walk into that ring and demand a title shot and get one immediately. There is no question about that mm-hmm. in my eyes. But yet the internet wrestling community wanted to bitch and moan and cry about why does Charlotte come back and why does Charlotte get a title shot and why does Charlotte win right off the bat? She needs to work for it. Does like Hulk Hogan work I, for it in 1984? Against Yokozuna, right? No. <laughs> oh, no, no. Not, not in 84. That's, that was not. Right, right. This happens just, all just, the time in wrestling. I mean, all the does, time. Jeff, but, and, and that's one of the points that I wanted to make here. Is I mean, didn't, didn't, I, wait, didn't, didn't uh, Becky Lynch a year and a half ago walk into SummerSlam and get the title? She did. And, and I think people, same thing. The only difference is that Becky's more of a face, although in that she was a heel there. Instance, she was she turned heel. Listen, the IWC she, also hated Ronda with the title, and pretty much rightly so. So, whatever they it, did, people are going to complain so, about so anything. Jeff, so everybody's complaining about Charlotte doing this, right? So, not five days later, you have Sasha Banks almost doing the same exact thing. Almost, so, Mercedes comes out. She's the she cuts the line. She doesn't uh, start at the bottom rung of stardom. She's not uh, working jobbers for, for six to 12 months. She goes straight after the champion. Right. Again, rightfully so. She's an icon of professional wrestling. Right. Much bigger star um, than anyone they've ever had in stardom, you know, at, at that moment of their, of their stardomhood. And maybe ever. I mean, I don't know. if it, 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 No, Asuka's not at the level of Sasha Banks. I mean, maybe as a wrestler, but as, a, as fame, as a star in wrestling? No. Japan, she is. I think Asuka's a bigger name than Mercedes. I think if you have Asuka on that card, she gets a louder pop than. But, but is, isn't it pretty? Mercedes. You might be right, but it, but isn't it pretty clear that New Japan isn't really trying to market to Japan anymore? I mean, they put they give Omega the title. They've got mm-hmm. uh, you, you know they 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 have Sasha in the picture here. Uh, they, you know, they just had Osprey with, with the title. I mean, I know that's the U.S. title. It's different, but they had Carl Anderson with one title. Um, I mean, Aussie Open is one of their top tag teams. Jeff Cobb's one of their, you know, top back. Right. You know, they've they're always try- had the Gaijins, tr- you know, sort of near the top yes. of the card. And and more, more so now, right? Because they're, you know, to what your point is, is that they're trying to expand into this international market or not even international, but just to the United States. Yeah, they're, they're still trying. They haven't given up yet. And 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 Sasha Mercedes is a perfect pickup for that. But back to my point. Nobody peeps 
It does feel a little bit like TNA signing Kurt Angle, though. Nobody complains. Well, I think it's going to it, it. It remains to be seen, right? It remains to be seen. But honestly, like all the cards are flipping over right now, Jeff, and it looks to me like this is B level. Again, the the announcers fuck up the entrance. She she botches the the finishing move. A lot of questionable shit happens, and it's like starts poking holes into the debut. And and again, I will go back to how can you be the CEO of professional wrestling and then the San Jose Civic Center? You're not. You're never going to catch Roman Reigns at the San Jose Civic Center. Listen, you, you, won't. you should have stopped at, at that, that line. You should actually go back and edit this out and just stop at the line. How do you call yourself the CEO and then go to the San Jose Civic Center? That should have been the hard stop right there and just train through <laughs> a different segment. Because, I mean, that, that, that's your game set match right there. I'm not, I'm not letting go. Everything will be compared to from going on forward is um, San Jose Civic Center. Uh, All right, Jeff. So I think we've talked everything that we have to do about Mercedes the double standard between Mercedes showing up and asking for a title shot and Charlotte calling for a title shot, mm-hmm. Dom Mysterio, teardrop tattoos. Let's talk about another return. As as of today, Thursday, when we were recording this, news strikes right as the closing bell on the stock market rings, and the Wall Street Journal reports that Vince McMahon is coming back as the majority shareholder to elect not only himself back into the board of directors, but bringing along two former directors, uh, George Berrios, and I forget what the woman's name is, to help him regain power, come back in for what will be ultimately the sale of WWE. Quote, Vince said he's the guy best primed to negotiate the sale of WWE. I'm paraphrasing here. Mm-hmm. Before we get into the, the implications of what Vince's return means to the booking, the superstars that have come back, and all that other stuff. Are you playing the succession music again? You bet I am. <laughs> All right, I'll stop. Jeff, what what does you buy explanation for coming back as he's the best guy to sell the company? Okay, let's let's take a break first and just and, and recall that about two weeks ago and three days, this story weared its head and lasted for one day. And the story that, that has been that's been posted today is that Vince McMahon is planning to. So everyone's sort of skipping over the is planning part. So, you know, I'm still not convinced this story has any legs. Now, if it does, everyone knows I love hate and everyone knows I love chaos. And especially when it's boardroom, backroom business stuff. So this is going to be beautiful chaos. But, you know, this is a man who wouldn't sell it. Now he wants to sell it. No, that 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 that's a lie. I mean, first of all, I don't. It doesn't matter that he's the majority shareholder. There, you know, the all of the other large shareholders are the people who got rid of him. He signed some document when he when he left the company, uh, and that's why he. You know, we talked about this. I think last week, but I'm not sure. But that's why he he made a 
sort of a comments on, I took bad advice. Jerry McDivitt, who everyone thinks is super lawyer, and he might in fact be, cannot represent him in this matter. He's going to have to find an entirely new law firm. Jerry McDivitt can't represent WWE either. This is a conflict of interest. Ain't nobody, you know, so his miracle man isn't going to be conflicted, you know, into this. Um, Anyway, so this is a narcissist who is either saying, you know, like one of those like villains in a movie, if I can't have the girl, nobody can. And then he like stabs her in the throat or whatever. Um, yeah, it's like he built the Titanic and it's doing just fine. And he's like, and they remove him as captain. He's like, no. And he wants to steer right into an iceberg. Um, so I'm going to stop with silly metaphors here, but this will not this is not automatic. This will not be quick. This will not be easy. The only way it would be, and even then I'm not so sure, would be if he was arranging on the side to, let's just let's just say Disney, okay? It's probably not, but let, let's just say it was Disney that he had been talking to and already arranged the sale price, and they come in and they go, wow, this is going to get messy. But you know what? We will offer you all per share right now. We will buy the company at a capitalized rate of whatever that turns out to be, you know, $5.7 billion. All cash, no closing. Everybody makes their money, no, you know, litigation. If that's the case, maybe then, you know, all of these institutional shareholders and maybe everyone's like, okay, cool. Absent that, this is going to be long, nasty litigation. It may start as arbitration. It's going to, there's going to be injunctions. There's going to be lawsuits back and forth. It's going to go from state courts to federal courts back again. It's going to be in the appeals court. This, and while the shares have gone up today, because, you know, Wall Street loves the, the, the prospect of a cup of a publicly traded company being bought by a bigger company. But once there's litigation, he is going to destroy his own fortune. Um, and this is going to be ugly. Now, today is Thursday. It's almost Friday uh, here on the East Coast. If this story still exists on Monday, we'll, we'll know that there's something to it. It's being reported by everyone, but they're all just rehashing the same thing. I think her name is Lauren Williams. You know what she's been what she's been doing, and I'm not sure she's not an agent provocateur just just to get just to just to do this every couple of weeks just to keep her own name out there. You know, maybe her contract is running out with the Wall Street Journal, and she wants to, you know. But she but she hasn't been the the, the lead writer on all this WWE Vince McMahon stuff. It's been these. Two guys, I forget what their names are, but they're two guys. Even more, even more so. Now, now this is now it's her time to ride the wave. I don't know. I I, I don't know. But, <laughs> but if if it's if it's real, it's going to be messy and it's going to be ugly. Now, I I did some joke tweets today. I'm like that. You know, Vince McMahon has already in advance released because today was uh, William Regal's first day, and it's like he's already released William Regal. He's released Bray Wyatt, Karrion Cross, Johnny Gargano, Dexter Loomis, uh, Shawn Michaels, Sean. Spears just in case, Enzo just to make sure, Velveteen Dream because he hates him. (laughs) I mean, you know, so I mean, if you are a wrestler out there who just got re-signed, you're the Good Brothers or whatever, you know, or Bray Wyatt, or you're a wrestler who is contemplating coming back, you know, because of the Triple H regime and things are different, WWE and Vince is coming back. Jesus Christ, you've, you've got to be terrified. If you are Nick Khan, who may have been part of the palace coup, you are terrified. If you are Linda McMahon, 
Stephanie McMahon and Paul Levesque, you are angry. And if you are Paul Levesque, he may be trying to kill Paul Levesque. If I am Stephanie right now, I'm on that corporate jet and I am uh-huh. over international waters on a burner satellite phone, if something like that exists, routing my call through seven burners, calling the Wagner group out of Moscow and hiring their best team of hitmen. And if I'm Vince, I'm calling Frontier Services uh, and getting round the clock, like two full squads of Delta Force guys to to protect me round the clock. Uh, you don't. You wouldn't call the APA. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not calling the. APA. Damn. I'm, I'm calling the. I'm calling the real life APA. Um, I'm calling the former Blackwater folks. Yeah, I, I'm going to be driving around. I'm going to get like the retired beasts. You know the 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 armored. You know White House uh, lim- limousines that the president I, in. I, uh, Jeff, I I don't think that it. I agree that there would be a there will be and there has been a hit job on Vince McMahon. But I don't think it'll be that literal. I think you'll start seeing pictures, accounts, interviews with, um, you know, 60 Minutes of the women of Vince McMahon. I think that's the hit job. And guess what? You know what else is going to happen? The, the two women who have, who have been threatening suit and because of the, the laws in New York and California, they have like until the end of this year to do so. Those lawyers are no longer on contingency. They now have angel investors and their angel investors might be Plefany McNamann. <laughs> right. And, and, and I think that's the interesting part. And I, Definitely has turned into an episode of Succession or even a whole full-blown season. It always was, Steve. It always was. <laughs> and here's the thing. I was right you all sound along. so excited. The only thing I am, because I was on a Frank and Gus or Frank and Mark on, on Wrestling Soup and talked about it, and I'm like, there's no way Vince McMahon's stepping. He's going to think this is going to blow off, blow over. And when he left, I was, you know, I'm like, oh, they, well, they must have made him a deal he can't refuse. But I was still confused. I've been confused the entire time. And this is this is validating. Once again, Jeff was right that there was just a little hiccup in Vince's confidence. But he's he's got it back again because this is exactly consistent with Vince McMahon's behavior and all narcissists. This is exactly what I predicted would happen, except except that he lost the leverage of the, being the one actually in power. So aside from that little hiccup. I was right seven months ago. Jeff was right again. Back to you being right. Damn right. All right. That's that's the end goal. Jeff, of course I is. honestly think that it's all about me. <laughs> who, who's 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 the wrestler? Isn't there a woman wrestler who says it's all about me? Uh yeah, Je- Je- Jeffra. Jeffra Lipman. <laughs> I think there really is one. Je- it's all about the me. I think it might be Cora Jade. Jeff, if if I honestly think that Vince McMahon is coming with Barrios and this other woman, the former director, and I don't think that he's alone in this. We heard within the last couple of weeks. Please, I wouldn't be surprised you know, if they if this is the first they heard of it. <laughs> Jeff, I think that he's being backed by a, someone who wants to buy the company, and I think. H, not even Triple H. I think Nick Khan, the current sitting board of directors, want to sell WWE to, let's say, 
like Disney. And Vince and others think that that's the right idea and what's best for WWE in the long term or financially for that matter. And I think Vince, who's always been in bed with NBC Universal, I think he there was rumors about Peacock buying WWE a couple of weeks ago. I think Vince is the guy that's brokering that deal and he's being pushed by NBC to come back into the picture and finish the deal. Well, I mean, since that is just a variation of what I said earlier, you just changed the companies. If that is correct, like I said, that is the only way that this works at all easily. And then it's just about negotiating price and posturing. If that's the case, terrific. Now, I think people should be careful what they ask for. Um, I don't know that Disney or Comcast or Fox knows how to run a wrestling promotion. I don't know who they'll hire or who they won't hire. It's not that WWE has been doing so great, but I mean, you know, we've, we've seen lots of new promotions come and most of them have failed or were good for a while and then lost their stuff. So, you know, but Jeff, that's a story for another let's day. Also, right. But quick, just quickly, because I don't want, um, this to turn into rampant speculation some more because we love doing that here. Who's to say that not Tony Khan, Nick Khan sells the company and the board sells the company to someone like Disney. And Disney says, you know what? We don't know our ass from our elbow about the wrestling business. Mm-hmm. Similar to like, we don't know our ass from our elbow Marvel content. So we will keep Kevin Feige as head of, of content and creative. You run the studio and Kevin Feige is the guy. He's been the guy from the jump and he's still, even after the buyout is the guy. Right. He's the showrunner. Who's to say that, who's to say Disney doesn't do it again and say, you know what, Stephanie and Triple H, you guys are the subject matter experts here. Obviously you've been paid handsomely with your shares of the stock also want to keep you on board to run the creative and, 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 and see this run it properly. Yeah, well, that, well, that, that, that's, that's on the table. It's not just, sure. Hey, triple, they sell the company and triple H and Stephanie right off to the, in the sunset. Uh, absolutely. No, the, that, that scenario is the combination of both of golden parachute and a golden trampoline underneath you or golden safety net underneath you. So yeah, if that was the case, um, that that would be that would make it a lot easier too because who are two of the other major shareholders? Stephanie and Triple H. And who else is a major shareholder? Linda McMahon. And she only cares what happens to Stephanie. So I mean that would make things a lot easier. All of the institutional shareholders will be fine because they're going to get a giant payoff. No more, no more whims of the market. They're all going to make money. They're all going to make a bulk of money. They can reinvest it in other things, and you know, and then they'll all be happy. Something like that. Sure, if, if things line up like that, everyone's going to look like geniuses. I, <laughs> my experience with the world is that things are rarely, if ever, that tidy. This is just a narcissist, a supervillain doing just supervillain things. Um, but if your scenario is there, if every, if every domino is lined up, cool. Um, 
I mean, for them, for us, it's boring. I mean, you know, well, except for you, because you can, you know, uh, get get hard to thinking about how great Vince is and how smart he is. But you know, it, it, that Jeff, but but also, I'm a shareholder, so seeing the stock jump 11 percent in a matter of two hours, it was very exciting. Yeah, but as a shareholder, you should know that when there's a buyout like this, it the the, the stock price actually is usually less than the high because it, it goes up artificially and then it usually gives back, you know, 17% because it's all a bulk. It's, it's not for you. It's for the shareholders no, who own like 300,000 shares. I'm, I'm holding on until Vince is, is no longer holding. When Vince sells, then I sell. Well, listen, if he jumps out of a window anytime soon, like Putin adversaries, you'll know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, you're horrible. <laughs> You know All right, Jeff. Many, uh, we, many Russians recently have fallen out of windows, or been um, their like I, daughters and wives have have died in bathtubs. There's like f- four dozen who have like fallen out of windows through in and outside of Russia, like oligarchs, like like uh, uh, insurgent not insurgent generals, but like you know generals that are outspoken critics and things like that. It's uh-huh. journalists. It's it is unbelievable. I'm. I'm. I like that you asked me this question. The a- obvious answer is no. no right. Why would I fucking know this information? More importantly, for my just entertainment, do you have like a Google search alert, like for when these stories come up? Because how do you know this? Oh well, you, you know that you know that some of my very close friends include Mike Hillian and and Kristaps Anderson, and Kristaps does the Eastern Border podcast, and he's in Latvia, and he you know goes to Poland and to. The only uh, Lithuanian he go he he's actually gone to Ukraine a couple times and he reports on this stuff constantly. And Mike Hillier from the Red Line podcast, who's been on my show twice, and I have recorded a, a third episode, which I'll drop probably in the next couple months. Who he has, by the way, two to four million listeners a month. Um, he he keeps me abreast of these things because he knows I'm interested in it, and I don't know for whatever reason he seems to like me. Um, <laughs> but uh you know uh i don't know yeah i i find this stuff very interesting i mean listen and, and it's not like wwe is doing business with russia or you know or or outward but like you know there's been a lot of outrage over uh columnists that nobody ever heard of before who got killed in a saudi embassy in turkey um and you know rightfully so but there's i mean there's <laughs> There's, there's, there's been unfortunately none of them are, are Dave Meltzer. Right. <laughs> there's been uh, I'm horrible. There, there's there's been hundreds of Russian journalists killed in the last five years, and you know, yeah, yeah. We could also look south of a border to Mexico as it's it's a similar number there as well. But anyway, you could have just you could have just said that uh, or said to that. Yeah, but the, speaking of Google alerts, have have you seen The Glass Onion? I know that you like watching these movies. I did. I, did you like it? Yeah. I, you know what? I hated Netflix. I was so close to canceling it, and they have been on a roll. The, the, I thought the, the the Knives Out Glass Onion was great. Uh, they have Emily the Criminal. That was great. Wednesday was terrific. They had a show called Treason. Terrific. They had a show called The Recruit. Season one was a lot of fun. I just watched Kaleidoscope. It's awesome uh and i watched uh, inside man the, not the movie it's like a new limited series and it's terrific also and uh and a lot of these are limited series so it's only like four to eight episodes it's not even like a big commitment and it's just been great stuff so kudos to netflix uh, you know for 
get getting back on my good side. Bullet train you like I, I, looks. I, I like bullet train? train. Loved it. Yeah, I I haven't seen it yet. I I, I was binging um, Bond movies. I was expecting nothing. I was expecting nothing, and I enjoyed it from beginning to end. It's like uh, if Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez filled something. They said Jerry Bruckheimer, make it faster. Wow, <laughs> I've got to check it out. But yeah, I've seen, I saw on your Facebook uh, page that you've been watching a lot of movies in the holiday break. So I thought, you know, why not take a couple minutes to yeah, I've, put some of your, your favorites over? Yeah, a lot of things I've liked. And surprisingly, a lot of things I didn't like or didn't like that much. I didn't like I, I didn't think Black Adam was terrible, but I thought it was like kind of bad. It was like, you know, like four and a half out of ten. Black Panther Wakanda Forever. It was I, I'd give it. Oh, a, I loved it. I'd give it a six. Uh, you know, I, I have a lot of issues with it. Um, but on the other side, movies I didn't think I would like, like "Don't Worry, Darling" and uh, "The Menu," love them. Have you watched "The Whale"? I have not. It looks like a movie you would hate. Yeah, probably is. <laughs> but then again, I thought I thought the "Don't Worry, Darling" and "The Menu" would be movies that I would hate, and I didn't. Oh, and I saw "Orphan First Kill." It was just deliciously terrible. It was great. It was, it was, it was, it was, I, I really, I liked it better than Orphan. Yeah. Is, is there going to be Orphan second kill? Like Rambo first blood? Well, part I two? don't think they can do it because the whole thing is that the, the little girl is now a little girl. She has a rare glandular oh. disease that, that she, she's like 30 something <laughs> years old, but she always looks like she's 12 or 10 or something. So, I mean, Unless they change the actress. I mean, that's why they, they filmed the prequel and the regular movie sort of back to back. Because she's going to age. So, you know. Is this, is, you know what, I've asked too many questions. This, this, I don't, this I don't is the problem with like the, the show Let the Right One In with the vampire who's a, a, like a 12-year-old girl. Because she's going to age, you know. They've got to film like three seasons back to back to back. Or they can use a CGI. Well, or she has um, to get cured, and then you know, and and then there's other vampires or something. I don't know. <laughs> well, very good, Jeff. I'm glad. You know, Black Adam for one second because I think you know the the Rock got a bad rap on on Black Adam. I feel like you know everybody's shitting on Black Adam and calling it a bust and calling it you it know a bust. It was uh, it was a bust financially, and it wasn't a great movie. But it's not the worst movie. But, ever, you, but Jeff, let's be real. You who any other superstar uh, or Hollywood star you could put in that role and still no, I think even less people would have shown up to see it because this is the problem with DC content is and Warner Brothers altogether. I think they're all fucking on coke. So you would have a movie about Black Adam, like Adam isn't like in the top five of DC villains to have their own movie. No, I, I, I'm, not, one, I'm not putting this on The Rock. I don't think it has anything to do with him. I think you're right. If anything, it brought more attention to the movie and the character. But it wasn't a good movie. I mean, and he's not a very good actor. At least he wasn't in this. So that didn't help. But you're already at the movie by the time you know that. So, no, it is, this is not his responsibility. It, it, it just wasn't a great movie. But DC's doing a lot of weird things. Like, they fired, like, you know, you know, all the people who were, like, good, bad, and mid, except for Ezra Miller, who's, like, freaking insane. Jeff, explain that shit to me. Like, I can't. How do you, Gal, Gal Gadot was a moneymaker. 
So Henry Cavill is Superman. Money. Well, maybe Tell they were. Maybe we just think they were. But the, the only thing I can think of with Ezra Miller is that he might currently be in treatment and they don't want to risk an American with disabilities discrimination claim. Or he might have somebody's nudes. <laughs> right. There's there's that, too. Maybe he went to Epstein Island with, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. James with, Gunn with and a couple of that... other people. I, I don't know. Though I don't think Epstein's Island is the one that he would have been interested in. Anyway, let's let's let's, let's move on to wrestling. Let's talk about AEW. Uh, we've talked a lot about WWE and WWE adjacent. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about AEW. What do you want to start with? Dax. Um, Dax Hardwood and his and and what an idiot! First of all, he, he announces this podcast. Totally says you know if he doesn't say it out expressly, implies that CM Punk is his first guest. There's pictures of him with CM Punk, you know, being all chummy chummy, and and then like. Mm-hmm. So they're yelling, CM Punk, you know, is maybe our first guest. And then apparently they issued a couple of, you know, like little tweets saying, we want to be clear, he's a topic, not a guest. But they totally whispered that. Um, if Right. You know, in fact, we said we said it on last episode that I, I said it myself. I thought he was their first guest on the first show. Right, everyone thought that. And, you know, and, and yeah, so people pointed out the, the tweet, including Matt Kuhn, who tweeted that they, that they clarified it. There's two, they clarified it twice in, in, the same, in the same thread, but it was a whisper. I mean, you know, anyway, that, that's, just, that's just some boobery. So anyway, CM Punk was a topic, and during this thing, Dax is being Dax, and he's talking bad about the Young Bucks, and he's talking great about CM Punk and all of this. And yeah, and who could foresee that the AEW locker room and management wouldn't wouldn't love this and would react poorly to it? Everyone could foresee it, except for this idiot Dax. He's so stupid. It, it makes him completely unlikable. However good a wrestler is or how good a guy or how good a daddy is, he just, he just constantly is putting like both feet in his mouth all the time. And, you know, th- this is a fabulous explosion. They're like, well, it's the number one podcast. Yeah, Kevin Nash's was the number one podcast, too, for a week. And this one will be the number one podcast for two weeks and then, and then forgotten in the mists of time with all of the other podcasts. Wow. Have you listened to it? No. <laughs> oh, I love the irony. No, I, love, I, love I love the irony. I don't like listening to him. I don't like reading his tweets. I, I, I the only thing I like is calling him stupid, and which I do when I when I respond. Um, but I like Matt Coon. Matt Coon's a nice guy, and you know, uh, you know, I mean, I'm sure this is the only thing he needs for his living. I know that for sure. He's got a music school and he does other podcasts and things like that, but. Um, it's just, Matt Coon, the, the, who could see this who could see this coming everyone i mean but it's it's even more indication that that ftr they must be leaving aw but the funny thing is some of the people that they're not so friendly with the young bucks today it's comes out i mean got buried in the vince news that the young bucks contracts are coming up and their contract negotiations aren't anywhere near close to being resolved. And we sort of getting similar word on Omega that his contract has not yet been renewed, though there's speculation for all of them that because of injuries and stuff like that, that they may be extended like WWE does, but nobody knows. No, because, you know, AW is not a, is a privately held company, so they don't have to tell you what's going on. But yeah, Dax is an idiot. Oh, you've said you've said a lot, man. Um, 
I I don't I don't know. I don't know. But can you imagine if the Young Bucks and FTR both come to WWE? Sell my stock immediately. I mean, sell it immediately. I don't want. But how ironic would that be? Anywhere near my product. But uh, but how ironic? How funny would that be that they that they don't like each other? Uh, you know, I mean, it wouldn't happen. They wouldn't make that decision. I mean, well, who knows? They're they're all dumb. Um, but uh, I don't know. It would it would just strike uh, me. Eric Bischoff on. Du- Bischoff on WWE television. So never say never. It's true. Never say but, never. You no, know, um, I don't. I don't think the WWE needs Kenny Omega or the Young Bucks. Would it be a nice pop? Sure. But I think at this point, they'll be more trouble than they are, you know, money makers at this point. They've, they've proven, Jeff, they're not draws. Like, again, CM Punk left. And I heard this on Solid Monsters podcast. Who? Um, you know who. I, I heard this on his podcast the other day that he, he was shitting on. No. I don't think so. I don't think he knows who we are. Uh, so he was talking about CM Punk and shitting on the fact that he's not a as big a draw as everybody makes out to be. I'm sorry, the ratings have not been absolutely is the ratings haven't been the same. Listen, you're Jason, telling me if you're listening, if this gets to you, you know who I am, and everyone please. in your Facebook group knows who I am. And the one thing that they all remember for sure is I have never been a CM Punk fan. I never wanted him to come back to wrestling. I don't like the guy. I think he's a jackass. Um, I think he's selfish. I think he's a narcissist. I think, you know, I, I think everything's about him. And everyone knows that. But I, but Sounds familiar. He is the only person who popped the ratings and kept them and kept them with a net gain. He 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 accounted for about one hundred and fifty thousand more viewers per week than they did before. And no one else. Jeff Hardy didn't do it. Sting didn't do it. No one. Not young Andrade. Omega. Oh, well, Omega was there from day one. MJF is champion. No, no one. Not Moxley. Not. CM Punk is the only one that took them from basically the mid eights and got them to the you know mid to high nines into the ones routinely, and you would have quarters that would be you know one point one, one point two, and usually they were when CM Punk was on or involved, and he's the only one mm-hmm. who did that. And without him, it's been well, you know, mostly trending down, and most of the time when it was up was when the real fans still thought it was work. Yeah. You know, Cornette um, brought this up in a recent podcast that he had related to criticizing Chris Jericho and his involvement of get kicking CM Punk out. And both um, Cornette and um, who's the guy that they do the does the podcast? Brian with? Last or Brian Long, something like that. Brian Last. Yes, Brian Last. Very critical of Jericho saying that Obviously, he wanted to be the big dog in 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 the yard and wanted to kick Punk out of there. Um, any any thoughts on that? Any truth to that? You think? 
I think it's obvious. I mean, Jericho puts himself in quarter one as often as possible, except a couple times when he's shared it with the the Bucks and Omega so that they get that fake Big Bang Theory lead in. So it looks like they're the draws when they're not, because when when the Buck, the elites are on different quarters, they lose viewers. And guess what, Jericho? Most of the time when you were in different quarters, you, you continued the trend of down. The one exception was the one that shocked me when you had a match with Ishii for the Ring of Honor World Championship. Um, but I'll give you credit for that one. But the other times, no, you were you, you were just like everyone else. You were not the demo god. You had it. You haven't been for pretty much since you, your feud with Orange Cassidy, Chris Hasman. So he absolutely is doing that. And listen, if there's a star in the making, if there's a hot act or what they think is a hot act, it's going to be involved in a six to 12 month feud with the Jericho Appreciation Society or the Inner Circle. You can go back to MJF. You can, you can go to the Blackpool Combat Club, and now Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks is is the hot hot hand. Well, he's in he's involved with the, in the thing with Jericho and the and the and the JAS, which has like eighteen members, and then, and now Action on Dreddy is in there, so he's going to be the new young thing. So he's already stealing some of Ricky Starks' heat, and you know that every few with the JAS takes not months but seasons. So Ricky Starks is going to be. Mired in this thing with the JS, Ricky Starks has a history of of getting hurt and things like that. So, so a lot more can go wrong, and that's because they don't want you know Ricky Starks. Had, they want to keep him hot, but not in the title picture. But it's not going to work because it never works. Um, you either need to keep him high and, and pull the trigger on him because this is ridiculous. I mean, because now you got this uh, Brian Danielson thing where. Is this not like this is the third time we're doing the the, the five pillars of Hercules to, to get to MJF? I mean, didn't we do it first with with uh, Jericho and where you had to go through the inner circle? And then I think he he did it through someone else where you had to go through uh, the, the pinnacle. But it wasn't it wasn't just the pinnacle. He also brought in Juventud Guerrero and Nick Gage. It was Brian Danielson. Right. Well, now he's doing it with Brian Danielson. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So this is. This is the third time that it's like the same kind of like five week gauntlet to get to MJF to get a title shot. I mean, th- this company has been around for just over three years and then they've done this routine three times now. Yep. And the first match, by the way, is with Takeshita, which Takeshita is a great wrestler. This will be an excellent match. And I say, who cares to that? Because this is stupid. Takeshita is a face. So what, and you know that he's going to lose. So if you're MJF, and you're the one choosing the opponents, why would you make it to Kashta? Why, 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 why would you do it to somebody who never wins? Even in kayfabe, like, why wouldn't you pick either somebody who's winning, who has a chance, or absolute killers? Like, why wouldn't you, like, have Lance Archer try to make noise? Why wouldn't you bring in William Morrissey because he can hurt him? Why wouldn't you, like, have it be swerve and his goons like you know why wouldn't you have be the entire firm you know uh, you know lumber like firm lumberjack match yeah it's like it it, it doesn't make any sense you bring in like a nice guy honorable wrestler so even if you can like suspend disbelief he might win and it's gonna be a banger of a match it still doesn't make sense you want to have the evil ones the ones that even if they lose they're going to try and take out brian's knee or something Jeff, let's tra- uh, transition over to uh, Karen Jarrett. Um, last week, Max Caster uh, drops her name as he's uh, you know doing his rap thing to the ring um, and alludes to Jeff Jarrett stealing Kurt Angle's wife, Karen K- 
Karen, now Karen Jarrett, now Jeff's wife, not your wife, Jeff Jarrett. Right. Did you hear this live on AW? Did you hear the rap? What did yeah. you think of it? I thought it was funny. I mean, you know, sometimes they go below the bell, which they've done before, and they've sort of, you know, approached and crossed lines before. But I generally don't mind that because it's wrestling and it's edgy. I don't know if Karen Jarrett's anger is real because they did it two weeks in a row. And so Jeff has to be okay with it. So, um, you know, I'm sure it's partly a work, but I'm not sure if in that work that Karen's not expressing some anger that she still has towards Kurt and some resolve, but Kurt's just like, yeah, I don't care. This was a long time ago. Move on. <laughs> you know, he's being, he's being the professional and she's being, she's in the berserker rage, but I, I love it. I mean, it's been, it's, it's been amazing, but the longer it goes on, the more I'm convinced that it's that it's a work, that this is just Jeff Jarrett, the ultimate carny, going, let's keep the heat. We need the heat. I can be a champion at 53. Uh, you know, keep the heat on. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't put that past Jeff Jarrett. I, I just wonder, um, Kurt obviously got upset last week and was tweeting out, why do you need to bring my name into this like this is cheap heat and jeff jarrett on i think some podcast um earlier this week mentioned that he doesn't need kurt angle to draw heat or 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 need to generate cheap heat like this and then he said that he was angry with max caster as well yeah he's full but uh, you know i mean he's drawing cheap heat by saying that about kurt i mean this is you know the jack's doing what he's supposed to do i mean he's he's you know, he's an old school guy, and then the line is muddier between what's real and not. And I don't, yeah, you know, I, I don't really. I was, it was really interesting when it was happening, but there's like more things that are like much more important. Like, the, you know, the whole schmaz with with the with the Triple J Lethal getting the tag team titles and then it being reversed um, was sort of fun and sort of stupid at the same time. And then they're getting a rematch for battle of the belts this week, which by the way, airs after rampage and no longer gets its own time slot on Saturday. They're trying to see if they can bump up ratings by putting two dog shows together, which won't work. The card is not even good. You got Kip Sabian again on it. I mean, it's just like for two weeks, they tried to make rampage good. Anyway, you know, Jeff Jarrett is just trying to keep himself relevant and hot. And you're right. He doesn't need cheap heat because he's on a show where the owner thinks everything is, is great. And, you know, as long as they get 800 and, you know, 50,000, he, he thinks everything is all terrific because he believes what Dave Meltzer wrote, you know, 39 months ago saying that TNT is thrilled as long as they get 550,000, they've exceeded that. I mean, you know, which he wrote day one, which, you know, <laughs> I mean, but Jeff, Jeff, I think I, I want to argue the point of cheap heat because honestly, Max, you know, he used to be a heel and now they're they're fan favorites. The acclaimed are fan favorites. Mm-hmm. These these raps um, used to be like these drop the mic. Oh, my God, I can't believe he said that type of thing. Like the rap itself was a way for the acclaimed to generate cheap heat. Yeah, right. So I find it perplexing that you have Caster, I guess, still trying to be cool, like, hey, I'm the hip, edgy guy. I'm going to say something naughty about Jeff Jarrett and his wife to get heat on the heel. And then the heel is like conflicting, right? Like, 
doing anything to make Jeff Jarrett look more dastardly by doing this or saying no, that. No, but it's like, it's like it's, a hot burn. The crowd is like, oh! It is. So my, 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 I, my thinking is, what's so cheap heat about Jarrett bringing up Kurt Angle off camera or off the show and continuing this? It's not generating him any heat. He's not... You know, he might be slyly shitting on Kurt Angle, but you're not facing Kurt Angle. Caster, you're still going to get booed. It doesn't. It doesn't help him any. You know, get any more vitriol out of the audience. Well, I don't know that there is anything wrong with it. I mean, I think if you have Jeff Jarrett and Karen Jarrett, formerly Karen Angle, and you know what the acclaims gimmick is that that of course Kurt Angle was going to come up as far as it being cheap I guess the reaction would be well Kurt Angle doesn't work for that promotion so he didn't consent to it you know the, the people used to get permission on these things or that's that's at least how the the story goes but but you know I, I understand that Jeff but but once you're in the business I think you're sort of stuck in it forever whether you like it or not I understand that but the the I could I could understand it better if it was we're working towards Jeff Jarrett versus Kurt Angle. No, but I'm agreeing with you. I'm saying that this is no big deal. Right. But so I, I just, I'm, I'm having trouble understanding like Jeff Jarrett's like, I don't need cheap heat. And I, I, I understand, I, I don't understand where the cheap heat is coming from. It's obviously it's cheap heat, but it's Max that's generating it, not Jarrett. Right. And then Karen Angle or Karen Jarrett is fueling it on Twitter by talking about Kurt Angle and all the women he slept with. And then like one of the women came out. Kelly, Kelly. I never slept with with Kurt Angle. So stop bringing my name. By this list, this list of women that Kurt Angle has bedded, like Kelly Kelly was on this list. Who else was on this list? I don't even know. But one of them, there's something with a D, but but she she posted, she's like, I I didn't, you know, so stop saying I did. Uh, you know, Kelly Kelly hasn't said anything. And, and whatever, whatever it was, this, this is like 25 years ago. It's like, it, it's like, you know, at a certain point, it's just like, all right, you know, Kurt, you know, either hit or didn't hit some really hot women. But, you know, he was young and Olympic gold medalist. And by the way, he was on, you know, a bunch of drugs at the time. And But did, did, he, did he hit them all with a broken freaking neck? Uh, and, and the gold medals. I mean, he did have two gold medals. And so the I, 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 <laughs> yeah, I, he did it all with a broken freaking neck. Whether whatever he did or didn't do, he did it with a broken freaking neck. I, I don't. It, <laughs> this, this to me, this is you know, this is a this is a side dish. It's like a semi interesting salad, but it's you know, there's so there's so many more interesting things going on in wrestling right now. You know, maybe maybe in other weeks or other climates, this would be a big deal. But this has almost it, no legs right now. Like unless Karen Karen Jarrett like shows up at Kurt's house with like a, a Glock, you know, I'm not really that much inter- interested in this anymore. It's a Brian Brian Pillman again, right? And there's no Which cameras there. there. Go to- you know, and then and uh, <laughs> you know, and then she's and then there's not a film crew there. Like it's real. Then 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 I'll be interested. Chef, doesn't this go to show how shitty the booking is of AEW that after last week's AEW, the biggest thing to, to come away from that entire show was Jared and Max Caster talking about Kurt Angle and Karen Jarrett. Well, yeah, I mean, that that from the beginning, the problem has been that the talent has all the 
freedom to do pretty much whatever they want. And Tony Khan got into a little trouble with it. He said, and everything stops with me. I'm in control of everything. Well, clearly nothing's changed. You got people drop dropping F-bombs. You have all of this stuff. We don't, we don't know. Heels act like faces. Faces act like heels. You know, you got the story with Hangman and Moxley where they're, where they're both supposed to be faces. Is Moxley turning? But, you know, but he's with the BCC. I mean, Brian, you couldn't tell what he was for the last eight months. I mean, you, you also use stories that are dropped, you know, the whole stuff with Wheel of Yuta. Thank God he hasn't been on the show. But, I, I mean, there's all sorts of weird stuff. There was the, the, the weird dynamic with Sammy Guevara and Daniel Garcia the second time around. That seems like maybe it's dropped, maybe not. I mean, yeah, I mean, they, they do have – they they're terrible at storyline continuity, but – you know, the, their fans don't care because they give them these exhibition matches and, you know, and they keep on bringing in new people. There's always surprises and, you know, the, the wrestling gods keep giving them people like a Mercedes Monet or money to, to you know, to bring in or maybe bring in, you know, or, or, or to dangle out there. You know, I don't know. But yeah, no, their, their booking has not been, I mean, they've, they've killed more momentum than they've built. I mean, the only... The only stars I think they've consistently built would be MJF, who, thank God, this week sounded slightly different, like he was getting really boring, but this week he wasn't. And Darby, I'm not, I'm not, you know, Ricky Starks, people will say that now, but I'm not sure if that will last. Hook, people will say, but, you know, he's sort of mired in the middle or the low card. And, uh, you know, still, we haven't really seen him, you know, have to wrestle. I'm not really sure, but yeah, I mean, and Tony Khan, listen, like two weeks ago, he quote, you know, everyone forgot this already, but he said, it doesn't need to be storytelling and wrestling. It just needs to be matches. That's his philosophy. He, he said that and he was getting a lot of backlash, but he said it straight out. I mean, it's, it shouldn't be any surprise, but this is exactly what you're saying. He said, wrestling doesn't need any storytelling. And that's basically what you're talking about. There's, there's, there's not good booking and he doesn't care whether it's because he's incapable or he truly doesn't care. I don't know. Probably both. Jeff, um, quickly before we start wrapping up, um, Darby Allen wins the TNT title. Is this good for AEW, bad for AEW? Beat Samoa Joe. What are your thoughts? I'm really mixed about this because I don't mind Darby Allen getting the title off Samoa Joe, but I think, and it was in his hometown, which is, well, Tony likes to do that. But I think the way it was set up, the way it was booked, was dumb. I mean, one, Samoa Joe beat him three weeks ago on TV clean and, and relatively easily as well. I mean, he didn't cheat. You know, it was, it was so why does Darby get another match? Secondly, the whole thing was supposed to be about Wardlow and, and all they do is kill Wardlow and he's still somehow more or less over with the crowd. But this, 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 I mean, I thought that Wardlow might come in and cost Darby and turn heel, you know, cause, cause that's about the only way I could see saving the guy. Now, what, I heard Don Tony say is that they're planning to have Samoa Joe and Wardlow feud and they didn't want the TNT title on the line and the ring of honor title TV title will be, you know, on the side. It won't be part of it. Um, and so they want to get Wardlow over them. I mean, if that's the goal, I mean, I guess, okay, let's see. But I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think that this was weird timing. Like, it, it should have been Wardlow's revenge, you know, or maybe time for like, you know, that's where the book of Hobbes should have ended with this is my new chapter. And it should have been him. I, I, I mean, Darby just coming out of nowhere. I mean, for better or for worse, Darby with Sting seems to be doing fine. And yeah, I need to refocus, but it's just like, 
then why did you make him lose like that two weeks ago? I mean, if if was gonna lose, it should have been because of like nefarious cheating. And by the way, one other nitpick on AEW Dynamite this week because I actually thought it was a really good show. I mean, I think I thought it was one of their best shows from top to bottom. I mean, Hangman Page is awkward as usual. Jungle Boy has no charisma as usual. But the only thing I really had an issue with was you know you pick up AR Fox off the scrap heap. Pretty good wrestler. Him and Swerve have a lot of history and good chemistry together. But Swerve has these two goons, and they barely do anything. And like you know, so they one shot, which was was you know you know pivotal in the match. But the other thing is like one of them gives Swerve something to cheat with, and we don't know what it is. We don't see what it is. They don't capture the angle, you know, the other angle. So we see it later in a replay or in slow motion. So we have no idea what he gave him it doesn't it didn't seem like it was a brass knuckle or anything like that so that was weird um you know i, I you know parker boudreau is not a very good wrestler the other guy who knows uh, i mean they're they're a scary crew um but i thought you know i also don't like but if you're trying to elevate swerve into one of your top heels i i don't see why how it helps him to have trouble with ar fox and then have to cheat with a foreign object when you've got two giant goons there who, you know, could have been your, you know, your standard routine heel cheating. So that's another example of your point of bad booking. I mean, if you didn't want AR Fox, I mean, first of all, you can sacrifice AR Fox. It should have been an easy win. Um, But if you didn't want Swerve to have an easy match, you, you should have at least put it with somebody who has more credibility, not like your Tony Nese AR Fox level guys, you know, Matt Seidel, who everyone is used to seeing losing. You should, you should have done it with a higher tier guy. Sure. They, they offered that uh, opportunity to Miro and then he shot it down. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. Another stupid idea from bad creative. (laughs) That's right. But yeah. Um, Notes from AW that you want to discuss? Um, I don't think, directly i mean we already talked about battle of the belts i mean now we can go through stuff in in the news um you know listen for for people who follow the dirt sheets there was a whole lot of talk about cody and edge coming back to last week's raw was pretty much confirmed and we got neither of those things so you know be careful about that stuff um but that's not aw is it so no i i think that we can i mean there's some wwe notes and you know we should mention that don west died i know that you know we were only every two weeks so it's been a while but you know i mean you know don west it was tragic too young cancer you know he don west was a character in wrestling and you know from the shopping network to tna and selling everything and that voice and you know everyone looking back upon his work very fondly so you know it's sad and you know, rest in peace. We you know, have our hangover. We add our sadness and condolences to friends and family and rest in peace, Don West. We salute you. We salute you. Everything must go. Any, uh, what about, um, yeah, what other news we got? Um, well, on notes with WWE, we saw Uncle Howdy. So everyone who's been saying this is not going to be a faction, it's not going to be other people. This is this is just we're seeing what's going on in Bray Wyatt's head, inside his head. No, Uncle Howdy and Uncle Harper, you know, will be characters. I don't know if I'm ever going to get my Wyatt Six in any form. I don't know if I'm ever going to get my puppets, but I'd say we're one step closer to the puppets than not between what's going on with Alexa Bliss and Uncle Howdy. But there's been a lot of talk about Uncle Howdy is so. Fans were saying, 
It's Edge. What the hell are you talking about? Edge is like six foot five. This this guy was shorter than Bray. Bray is, I think, six three. This guy was no taller than six foot one, probably closer to like five ten. Um, it might be Bo Dallas who was listed at six one. It, it could to me he walked and moved a lot like Cameron Grimes, the similar sort of build, who's Cameron Grimes is also about six feet tall. Some people think it's Vincent from TNA, uh, Impact, Ring of Honor, who was on Garden of Doom, by the way, the Horror King. Check out that episode. If you think it's Vincent, check out The Real Man. We talk about a little bit of wrestling, but also horror. Cheap plug. Uh, Cheap heat. Um, I don't think it's Vincent because, one, he's slighter, but also... I'm pretty sure Vincent has neck tattoos, uh, and that guy had had no tattoos on his neck. He had a, he's a clean neck, which also goes against Cameron Grimes, who's a pretty hairy guy. But they they could have waxed or shaved him pretty well. Um, so I don't know who do you think Uncle Howdy is, or do you care? I thought it was Vincent. I was thinking it was going to be. I mean, I saw side by side comparisons of. Um, the still frame of uncle howdy it fucking bothers me saying that shit you know how i fucking feel about this fucking goddamn faction i can't state can't stand the fucking supernatural bullshit they're they're enemies all of it i can't stand any of this fucking shit bray wyatt the nonsense the lights going out this fucking guy that looks like rob zombie i can't stand i hate it all Uh i can't i can't wait till it's fucking over i need you know what you know what what I want I want Vince back to shut this shit entirely down. All right. So you thought it was Vincent. See, I'm not sure about the neck tattoos thing, but there's another. I mean, there's two other things. One, Vincent has some pretty righteous dreadlocks, and you can't hide those under a wig. Now, for the right amount of money, might he get rid of those and get a different hairstyle? Yes. Sure. Maybe. But the other thing is. How many people skip NXT and go right to the main roster from smaller promotions? AJ Styles is the only one I can think of that's not named Ronda Rousey, who wasn't a wrestler anywhere else. Yeah, but again, remember, there's a new regime here, so I don't know. That's true. That's true, but I mean, Triple H was involved in the regime before, but you're right, it, it, it is possible. If it is Vincent and we're getting Dutch, be prepared to get surprised, people, because Dutch is... An enormous man. He makes Brody King look regular sized, and he's as agile as Keith Lee was seven years ago. And he's a giant. I mean, he's he's probably six foot six, might be close to four hundred pounds. Um, big belly, but big muscular arms, and he and he can fly. Now that's not, maybe not the smartest thing for the guy that size, but he can do it. So be prepared to be surprised um, if it's if it is him. Um, other things is we've seen signs, uh, MVP talking to Adam Pierce, MVP in the back talking with Cedric and Shelton, Cedric and Shelton being on TV a little bit more, sort of doing the Hurt Business Fighting Retribution Act again, where they're fighting off the bloodline, you know, with the with some other of the Raw uh, locker room. But it looks like more and more we're getting my other prediction of a hurt business reformed. And I saw reports today that possible Lashley heel turn. Well, duh. I may get my Lashley world title. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. I would, I, I, I would enjoy though, if they hold off on that, have Cody win the title and then have Lashley be the guy that beats Cody for it. Oh, I would love that. That'd be cool. 
All right. And then, oh my God. And then like, what if they like come full circle? Cause you know, like Lashley stole Miro's wife, Lana, uh-huh. if they can build in a storyline with Lashley, Smashly, the return of Smashly stealing Brandy Rhodes. Oh my God. Well, he could steal Lana back of because she's been talking about how great WWE is and she'd give up her OnlyFans in a second to come back to WWE. So they could bring back Lana with Lashley and, 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 you know, with or without Miro, but you could have Miro or Rusev come back, you know, you know, assuming his contract runs out and he doesn't resign or whatever. And, you know, in four months and, and, you know, his, his story is to get his wife back, you know? And so I wouldn't be, that'd be great. And he could say, Lashley, you might have her now, but you know what tomorrow is going to be Rusev day. (laughs) I I wouldn't be surprised if we see her at the Royal Rumble. I wouldn't be surprised either, but I predicted that last year and was wrong. But uh, so speaking of rumble, it's Royal Rumble time. And that means that there's the annual Jay White is coming into the Royal Rumble rumor. Uh, Now, as I recall, when he did that, I, I quit uh, scheme or angle at a new Japan press conference that that was like months after he signed what I thought was a five-year contract. I think that was two years ago. So, you know, he, he's, you know, even if it was a three-year contract, unless he has opt outs, he's still very much under contract. But so I'm very skeptical about that again, but that is a rumor that, that Jay White may be, Appearing in the Royal Rumble. I don't know that the WWE universe, I hate saying that, but I don't know that they'll care. Also, Logan Paul. Um, apparently, he's wrapped up in some sort of NFT cryptocurrency online YouTube scam thing. I don't know enough about the details of it, but it doesn't sound great. And, you know, with him being hurt and with this and with all of the news with Vince and possible litigation and stocks and things like that. Uh, you know, I don't know if that's if this will leave a lasting mark. I don't know if it should. I don't know enough about it. Hopefully more will come out about it um, or maybe I'll dig into it. Or maybe Steve will. or We both will. But uh, we should definitely keep our eye on Logan Paul and probably Jake Paul as well, because uh, if this if they are criminals, then they obviously should not be involved in WWE, no matter how many YouTube follows I have. OK, some other news and notes. We reported last time that the WWE show in India had been delayed. Um, we speculated it might be ticket sales. It's not. It had nothing to do with ticket sales. Uh, apparently, there is a TV network merger going on in, in India with the network that it was going to run on. Um, and there's, and because of that, there's something going on involving that merger that required the show to be put on delay. So whenever that gets all, all sorted, I imagine they will reschedule that show uh, in India. So, it, you know, whether the sales were good or bad, I've got no idea, but th- that's not the reason for the delay. All right. Josh Alexander recently equi- eclipsed the prior record of the longest reigning impact world champion. Yep. But you do. As far as signings are concerned, Brian Meyer signed a one-year extension with Impact. We already talked about Dragon Lee to NXT. He's reportedly being the highest-paid NXT member now that Mandy Rose is no longer there. Um, Money in the Bank has been announced for July in London. So it's, it's going to be an indoor arena, but they're, they're getting a, a WWE PLE in London this July. 
As far as releases are concerned, turns out that, that Sean Spears doesn't work for AEW anymore. So one of my predictions from last year was, in fact, true that, that there's lots that we don't know about and won't be reported on. I mean, I'm not surprised, but this is one of the first confirmations. Um, the <laughs> We had AEW got released by its Quebec French-speaking channel in Canada. Uh, the reason this is news is that it was ballyhooed a few months ago that this was giant for AEW, that they're getting French-speaking television in Canada, and it, I think it's called RDS. Um, they've canceled AEW, which is not getting much press coverage. Also, in other releases, Fight TV has released NWA. Um it literally cost more to keep them on the server and not give that space to somebody else versus the revenues they were getting. So NWA has been canceled by Fight TV. They are, quote, returning, end quote, to YouTube TV. They never left YouTube TV, but I do believe it was a one-week delay, which is not really a big deal except for you know the week of a pay-per-view when you're seeing the go-home show three or four days after the pay-per-view. Nevertheless... Fight TV fired NWA. I don't know if any other promotions are going that way. Discovery Warner Brothers has canceled Dana White's power slap. Um, he was caught on film slapping his wife. Um, I predicted this ahead of time. Everyone said, no, you're wrong. Turns out I was right. It took one day. How is this relevant to wrestling? Well, one, it's Discovery Warner Brothers canceling a show before it even aired. Two, this was going to be on the 10 o'clock hour after Dynamite. So this was going to be the lead out to try to keep some audience that might be interested in another you know, show of sort of minimal violence. Um, and well, that hasn't worked out. Injuries. Uh, Drew McIntyre apparently had an eardrum injury, but he was on TV this week, so he must be fine. Griff Garrison uh, had uh, surgery recently. AJ Styles broke his ankle. It's not going to require surgery, but he's probably going to miss WrestleMania. Um, we are not sure if Seth Rollins' injury is real or not. I have a feeling it's kayfabe, but we're not really sure. We're not getting a lot of news on that, so I'm going to say it's kayfabe. Also, it turns out that from private party, Mark Quinn is injured. Matt Hardy confirmed that on a podcast. Bray Wyatt had his finger broken in a house show. Again, he appeared on TV, so probably not that big a deal. And Leo Rush, who just appeared in New Japan, yeah, the retired, unretired, retired, unretired Leo Rush, he injured his ankle. So he's not appearing at a, I think it's a pro wrestling gorilla show or something like that, but Leo Rush injured again. Uh, free agents. Mads Kruger uh, has been has a, a mutually agreed upon gotten his release from MLW Colby Carino Steve Carino's son he is now a free agent from NWA Nick Aldis is officially a free agent as well his contract ran out I think as of the first where he talked about William Regal's back with WWE the pitch black match with between Bray Wyatt and LA Knight everyone's wondering what that is what's it all about and they were making Mountain Dew jokes turns out it actually is an idea of Mountain Dews. It's a it's a promotion. It's going to be like that Pizza Hut match we saw with the zombies and the Army of Dead or whatever that was, and the fried chicken thing. So it's actually it's actually a sponsored match. What are the details of the match? I don't know. I imagine it's going to be dark with blue lighting, and it's going to be semi cinematic anyway. But Pitch Black's not an accident. Mountain Dews paying for that shit. Um, as far as the ratings are concerned. Uh, well, NXT is New Year's Evil coming up, but we'll talk about that next time. There are a few title matches on there, but it's NXT. I still love NXT, but it doesn't. We've gone pretty long. Anyway, in 
ratings impact. I already said the last two weeks were 86,000, 89,000. That's 89,000 is obviously an increase of 3,000. New Japan Pro Wrestling, despite the Wrestle Kingdom 17 being on and all of the, the noise around it, neither of the last two weeks got reported, which means they're not in the top 150 shows, which means that they're almost certainly under 48,000, probably under 45,000. SmackDown, two weeks ago, 2.36 three seven six million up one hundred and eighty five thousand uh, and then this past week with John Cena and Bray Wyatt and the whole and Charlotte two point six two nine million up another two hundred and fifty three thousand wow so that's look at that. four hundred thousand from three weeks ago um Rampage two weeks ago five hundred and sixty six thousand which was an increase of a hundred and two thousand this week though four hundred and seventy thousand with a much weaker card down ninety six thousand um, NXT two weeks ago, 588,000, which was down 117,000. The New Day's magic might have worn off, but this week, 653,000. So they gained about 65,000 of that back. Uh, Raw two weeks ago, um, which was, I, there, there was something going on. I can't remember what it was. Maybe it might have been the, the, the bowl championship college uh, uh, game and uh, some other stuff. I, I don't know. But Raw two weeks ago was 1.075 million, down 700,000 from the week before. This week, 1.605 million, up 530,000. Still not big, but apparently there was, I, I don't know. It, it, Melter and Alvarez were reporting there was something big on TV uh, against it, which uh, the, the you know the, they would use as an excuse for AW, and they gave it the excuse for Raw. I don't, not so great, but we've seen worse. Dynamite two weeks ago, eight hundred and seventy six thousand, which was down eighty one thousand from the week before. This week, which was an excellent show, eight hundred and sixty four thousand, which is down twelve thousand again. So so far in the MJF era, they've only gone down. NWA, last three weeks, 25,000, 39,000, 27,000. There was also a Christmas special in there somewhere, which was also in the high 20s. So 39,000 has been their high of the last four shows. Not great on YouTube. MLW, last three weeks, 33,000, 31,000, 42,000. Not much better than NWA. Elevation, 196, 217, 170. Dark, 157, 170, 274 uh, from three weeks ago. So YouTube wrestling, still showing that decline. Um, SmackDown and NXT up. Raw technically up, but not doing so great. AW programming generally down. Impact ever trending lower. I think that their 2022 average was 105,000, which the year before was something like 133,000. So they keep on going down, 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 down. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Jeff, that's that's super exciting. Yeah. I think it's a great week. You got WWE up, AW down, WWE stock price up. Tony Khan is probably going to... Um, you know, yeah, and call folks, it quits by the end of the week. Anyone who didn't listen to our end of year show with our awards and our predictions, we did a scorecard on our 2022 predictions from 2021. We did our end of year awards and we did our predictions for 2023. So you should check that show out and see what we got right in 20 for 2022 and see uh, what we predicted for 2023. And you can keep score along with us. And so far, it's looking pretty good for me uh, with FTR and Ron and Ricochet looking good. So, uh, Check that out. We're also the only show that was brave enough to tell you that Jeff Hardy was going to get a DUI within six months, and he, in fact, did. Um, 
All right. You want a plug? You want to? Yeah, let's do. Go ahead. Do plugs. All right. On Twitter, I'm at IcarusFellMD. I love having followers. I love engaging. I love trolling. I love fighting. So let's do it. Um, uh, You can also find me often on the PWC um, on a bunch of shows. Uh, And my non-wrestling podcasts are Garden of Doom and Garden Views. Uh, They are both on the Garden of the Doom feed, but you can get them separately on the PWC Network website. It's uh, pwcnetwork.podbeam.net. Garden of Doom is sort of esoteric, occult, cryptid, ufology, theology, theosophy, uh, history, geopolitics. It's a whole mixed bag of wherever my curious mind takes. Thus, Garden Views is similar, except it's usually more on legal topics and uh, and science and, and other things that are topical, such as cannabis law, intellectual property law. Obviously, that's of interest to us in the in the wrestling world. Um, and my next show, I've had I have two shows on cryptocurrency. My next show, which I'm dropping next week, it's already recorded. Former guy worked in the White House in this area, but he's uh, his it's going to be on cybersecurity, and we also get into a little bit into cryptocurrency there as well. So check that show out too. And that that gentleman's going to come back another time and talk about what's it like, how do you get a job in the White House, and what's a day in the life at the White House like. Um, so we'll so check out Garden Views, Garden of Doom. You can find them wherever podcasts are. Uh, mentioned. I already talked about the PWC. We are on PW Hustle as well. We're also happy to be on the Wrestling Soup Network. Um, some of those shows there are on the Hameen Media Group. And we are always in talks. We're in talks with another uh, network right now as we speak. So I don't know. Ballyhoo. Uh, onwards and upwards for the Hammerlock Hangover, Stephen. That's right. And a new year, new ventures, new um, new things to talk about and new roads to, to walk down. Jeff, it's been an absolute pleasure. I look forward to uh, the business that we're going to do in 2023. And guys, if you're listening, please make sure that if you like the podcast, if you were entertained by any of the nonsense that we were talking about the last couple of hours, please make sure you drop a subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to us, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, Stitcher, whatever it is, please make sure you follow us, like, leave a review, and most importantly of all, share the podcast with your wrestling friends, wrestling family members, everybody that loves wrestling. Tell them to tune into Hammerlock Hangover. We're here every other week until further notice. Um, I think that is it. If you want to follow us or send us a line, you can find us on Gmail, hammerlockhangover at gmail.com. That's hammerlockhangover at gmail.com. Thank you for all the uh, warm reception and feedback that we've been getting on the emails. Um, We had uh, one listener, Caden, drop a whole email about things you got wrong the last episode, um, which we can um, go further into depth at a future episode or not. Sure. Um, and, and even Twitter, you can find us on Twitter at hammerlock HO. If you want to engage with us or subscribe or follow us there. If you follow us, we'll nominate you for speaker of the house. There you go. You might be uh, accepted a lot quicker and we won't even have to concede many things. We won't ask for many concessions. That's right. That's not staying evil. I don't know what is. There you go, guys. Have a great one and see you next time.